This is the Shift Podcast on the Shift Daily Podcast. Steven Spielberg has finally made a musical. Steve Stebbing says you need to check out West Side Story this weekend. He takes a look at The Unforgivable with Sandra Bullock and so much more. Plus, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? We try to decide once and for all. We need to be kinder to ourselves. Counselor Dawn Schooler shares how we can make our lives more adaptable, more structured, and more positive. Dawn dives into how that can help you be kind to everyone around you and, importantly, yourself. And are you okay with substitute teachers doing karaoke in your class? And what about getting arrested for trying to eat chicken wings while driving? That's all coming up on The Shift Daily Podcast. This is The Shift Podcast. Steve Stebbing is standing by. We're going to get into uh, some new movie releases and stuff. But before we do, Steve, I want to bring this up because we just got a couple more texts. Last hour, we were talking about the TV shows that were banned in your house growing up. My parents banned Full House. With Stephanie Tanner, because my sister started to cop attitude like Stephanie Tanner did. So people at school were like, did you guys watch Full House? And I was like, no, I'm not allowed. (laughs) But we're getting a ton of texts in. Uh, People are saying Three's Company. A lot of people have said uh, uh, Happy Days because Fonzie had attitude. Some people said Friends. Uh, Sex and the City has been texted in. Was there any TV shows that were banned from your house growing up? You know, I must have had it easy because I I don't I think I kind of had carte blanche to watch whatever I wanted. Uh, What my what my dad took uh, offense with was music for me. He took away my Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sex, Sugar Magic record. He took away my uh, Faith No More, The Real Thing. That one I was really chafed about. That's like my favorite album of all time. Oh, Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I remember I actually the music one was big too. parents. They just Mm. don't understand. Right. I had. Do you like tool? I had the tool and the anima uh, anemia uh, album. Right. And if you're unfamiliar, the cover art and the art on the CD is provocative. And my Mm. parents saw it and they were very upset, very (laughs) upset. Uh, Don't Google it. It's just a bad picture. You'll get yourself in trouble. You'll probably get blocked on your work computer. Uh, It's Steve Stebbing. We're going to chat movies. Hollywood. All right, Steve, let's dig in. What's new in theaters this week? I'm excited about this one, West Side Story. I've never seen you before. I'm not Puerto Rican. Is that okay? Do you want to start World War III? You know, I wake up to everything I know either getting sold or wrecked or being taken over by people that I don't like. You keep away from him as long as you're in my house. I'm a grown-up now, Bernardo. I'm going to think for myself. Oh, boy. Musicals, The West Side, uh, Maria, Jet the Jets, the Sharks. Finger snapping in unison. <laughs> totally. I mean, it's all there. <laughs> What's not it's, to love? It's all there. But this is like this is a big one for Steven Spielberg, who directs this remake, because this is like a passion project that I think he's been talking about doing for decades. Like this is yeah. one of those. This is one of those golden gooses in in these legendary directors' careers. And when the Big Five, like you know, the Big 
the big five, which is Spielberg, Lucas, De Palma, Coppola, and Scorsese. Okay. When they get their um, golden gooses, they're generally really good, but sometimes they don't get kind of that audience acclaim that comes with it. Right. So, I mean, Scorsese's silence, the 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 missionaries movies that he did a couple of years ago yep. with uh, Garfield and Driver. Didn't really get the audience no. acclaim, but it got the critical acclaim. I loved so, it. Well, it's such a good movie. Like Silence is really a film to check out. It's long, but it's really worth it. Um, but the good thing right now is that the critics are really gathering around uh, West Side Story. They're really loving it, which makes me excited. But to the point that I don't really like musicals, so it, it's it's a bar to get over. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. So. And so th- this is one of the things that I want to get into with the, with the West side story thing, because Spielberg, mm-hmm. same thing. If he touches it, I'll watch it for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a huge fan, but there's something about taking these things that are so iconic on stage. I feel like you, you lose as good as the movie is going to be. You're going to lose a little bit of that. Like, can we just leave the stage stuff on stage and the film stuff on film? You know, that's part, that's part of the thing is watching that choreography live in front of you. And I get it. You're not going to be exposed to the the same audiences if you put it on film, but Mm -hmm. like the Hamilton, right? Like it's, it's almost inevitable that they're going to make a movie of Hamilton, which is great for, (laughs) you know, like I know I roll like great. Everybody wants to see it. We all know about it. Uh, the creator, I'm I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Lin-Manuel Miranda, right? Super like love the dude. He's, he deserves Mm -hmm. to have it made into a movie, but I'm like, oh, if they make it into a movie, will I ever get to see it in New York on stage? Cause that's what I want, (laughs) you know? Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's uh, sometimes it works cinematically. West Side Story can work. Uh, when Chris when Chris Columbus did Rent, it right. didn't work. Yeah, didn't exactly. Work. That deserves to be on scaffolding and scaffolding only. <laughs> okay, the other thing we have here, Sandra Bullock in The Unforgivable. I was in prison. I just got out. I for 20 years. For what? Ooh, tense. Yeah. Look, I, I love Sandy. I, I mean, she's funny. She's charming. She's she's seems like a genuine human being. But that's like kind of like as an actress in her craft. I'm not always there uh-huh. with her, honestly. Uh, but the unforgivable, she gives quite a good dramatic performance as uh, a, a woman being released after a lengthy prison sentence uh, for a violent crime that kind of has resonance uh, on the, the public's uh, reaction to her when she gets out and everything. Uh, and honestly, she's better than the movie hmm, uh, okay. deserves because the movie has some serious plotting issues has some uh, just kind of like weird choices, uh, kind of background choices that really kind of affect the story. But it's also got Vincent D'Onofrio, who tur- turns in a, another really great performance. Like, I love Vincent D'Onofrio a totally. lot. Totally. Ryan uh, O'Donnell just freaked because he's the biggest Daredevil fan in the world. Yeah, right. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio plays Kingpin. The best, the best Marvel back. villain. The best Marvel back. villain. Yeah, he is coming yep. back. 
they just confirmed that uh, that um, Charlie Cox is Daredevil for the MCU. Yes. So that means that you you can't have one without the other. Ryan had a huge story about that the other night, and he was he was geeking out hard. I was, and I, we, we were all we were all here for it. But, Hes- okay. Hesitant geeking, I totally. might add, but yes, geeking hesitant. nonetheless. Wow. Totally. Wow, it was restrained. Yeah. Okay, so the unforgivable Sandra Bullock thing. Uh, mm. My she. She won an Oscar for The Blind Side, right? Which I don't agree with. So I, I, was, I don't like that movie. And I now, don't. now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did she also not in the same year win a Razzie? Yeah, for All About Steve, which right. is an insane movie. If you've, if anybody out there has ever watched it, it is insane. Like I can't believe they went back to the dailies after every day, and they're like, "Yeah, we filmed that. That's good." <laughs> It's totally true. Like for me, best ask, best Oscar, best actor Oscar. Woo! It's kind of reserved for you know the likes of Daniel Day Lewis, mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix. These guys who you wouldn't dare mention their name in the same category as a Razzie. And to your yeah. point, the fact that you know Razzies are like Adam Sandler, you know. Mm-hmm. And to me, Sandra Bullock, lover as well, absolutely lover. She's a little more Adam Sandler than she is Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, I I mean every every person has their shining role. Everyone has their opportunity to hit it big. Um, I just don't think the Blind Side was her movie, but she she got it. So I don't know. It's all now. It just sounds like bitching in the end. Right. <laughs> okay. Let's keep going here. Uh, I'm excited for this one. I think of more than anything, the Blu-ray release of Cop Shop. I'm invisible. That's where I'm gonna be. I got feet all over me. I'm not telling you where I am. <laughs> Why are you going to arrest me? Why are you people please arrest me? You're under arrest. So why were you looking to get locked up, Theodore? Everyone's trying to kill me. Hearing so many good things about this movie. Yeah, this was honestly a huge surprise because um, I the the writer and director Joe Carnahan. I generally like him. Like I loved Smoking Aces. It was such a fun movie. That's a great movie. His movie Narc he did with Jason Patrick and Ray Liotta was fantastic and super underrated. Uh, and even had fun with the A Team. Like I even had fun with that that remake. It it had great casting, great chemistry. It really worked. But besides that, he hasn't really kind of hit on anything everything just feels just a little um i don't know undercooked okay cop shop works like it is ensemble uh it is like kind of like uh like a western style standoff film uh with just like big bigger than life kind of grandiose action hero characters gerard butler it looks like he's having the most fun he's had in years in this movie. he's really great frank grillo kicks butt um, Alex Louder is Alexis Louder. Sorry, is new. She's like the movie has introducing Alexis Louder in okay. this film. I will watch endless action movies with her. Just like make her the new Dirty Harry. I will watch everything. Like cool. she's so great in this one. And Toby Huss, who people may have seen in shows like Carnival or Reno Nine One One, damn near steals this movie. He's so great. Nice. I feel like Frank Grillo has been one of these like uh, fringe actors. Like you, we see him on film and you're like, I know who that is. He's, He's been in so many things. I want him to make the jump to like title household name. Like I love him and I think he's ready for it. 
he's dependable. Him and John Bernthal. Yeah, just man, love John dudes. Bernthal. The Punisher. Back yeah. to Daredevil we go. <laughs> okay, uh, your Blu-ray geek out is The Outsiders. Man, you're like taking me back to high school here. <laughs> Bet they're looking for us. This is our territory. I wish that you could concentrate on something else just once in a while. What's your name? Pony Boy Curtis. These are greasers who uh, tried to pick up on our women. You know what I love about that? I totally forgot that Patrick Swayze was in that. And then I heard mm-hmm. it and then I pictured him. Oh, I just, I, I can't wait to watch this on Blu-ray. I, the the yeah. first time I watched it was on a VHS on the TV <laughs> that they wheel into the English mm-hmm. classroom with the, with the little box TV on top of it. Man, yeah. that movie is great. Well, because this is we uh, like as far as in my school in in uh, junior high, we covered the book like we read S. E. Hinton's yeah. The Outsiders. So the next logical step was to watch the movie, uh, which Francis Ford Coppola just directs the hell out of this movie. It's so well done. The ensemble cast is so brilliant and it looks so great in 4K uh, as this complete novel edition. But um, I became obsessed with S. E. Hinton after this whole thing and read everything she wrote. Uh, and, and she was a big reason that I, I for my love of reading, because, of course, I'd move on, you know, was reading a lot of Stephen King at the time, moved into Frank Herbert, all that kind of stuff. Sure. But S.E. Hinton was a was a pretty big jumping point. OK, so that's on Blu-ray. And then I, I'm excited to hear you tell us about this one. Voir. Think of your favorite film. I can remember the exact moment I fell in love with movies. Staring up at that big screen, watching the same movie over and over again. That movie changed not just the future of Hollywood, but the lives of an entire generation. Looks so good. I know they made a they made it's a like show made for, for us geek like yeah, me yeah. yeah exactly I was like I was like this is tailor made this fits so nice uh, yeah David Fincher produces it's a six part series uh, they're like 20, 25 minute ish uh, little kind of film essays on on certain aspects of cinema and everything and 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 the the film lovers draw to it and everything and it kicks it off so beautifully in the first episode by doing kind of a film to television comparison and also like the embrace that these two mediums have made in their long history together and and the separation and and where they've kind of drawn from each other. And it's just absolutely fascinating. It's just like food for the mind, but it's made out of, you know, film. It's so great. And there's so many like amazing stories about how these Mm -hmm. things come together and, you know, the magic of the whole being greater than the sum of the parts. That's one of the things that like movies and music and art gives us. So I'm really excited for that. That's out now on Netflix, right? Yeah. It came out on Monday. So I bet a lot of people have already crushed it all. This is the shift podcast. Welcome back to The Shift. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Scott. It's my pleasure to be here. Sheldon Lee is our technical operator tonight, and Ryan O'Donnell is producing, and it's time for the AV Club. Let's get right into it, my friends. If you've never been a part of the AV Club, how it works, nice and simple. We all gather. The tiny wheel selects a movie for us to watch. We watch it. We review it according to a theme. And the theme, of course of last week was 
are they Christmas movies? Debatable Christmas movies? And the tiny wheel landed on Die Hard. So without further ado, let's bring out the tiny wheel. The tiny wheel actually does have movies. It's so cute. No one seems to mind. Someone noticed that I re-recorded me saying movies for the tiny wheel. Whoever that was on the Facebook page, well done to you. That's impressive. Uh, let's <laughs> just dive right in. Scott, how did you enjoy Die Hard? Did oh my you gosh. Enjoy it? Oh, are you kidding? It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a, an action movie lover's dream. I remember I was like right about the age when my parents were like okay with me watching uh, R-rated movies. And it was one of the first ones that I picked. And for, like forever in my mind is the I got a machine gun. That line is just it. It's cl- totally t- perfect. It's so perfect. It's Bruce Willis's greatest movie, one hundred percent. And I mean, how do you not love it? How do you not? It's it's perfect. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would agree. I think it's uh, one of the top five best action movies of all time for sure. Uh, the cinematography is great. It looks gritty, but uh, the setting's perfect. The action's fantastic. Alan Rickman is a legendary villain in this film. One of the things I took away from watching this for probably the three bagazillionth time, because this was probably the first R-rated movie I ever watched too, by the way, uh, was Bruce Willis is really funny in this movie. And Mm -hmm. I, I like that when he's really pissed off or he's just he talks to himself like when he walks by the nudie poster and goes ladies uh or uh you know the come out to the ghost have a few laughs yeah 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 he talks to himself (laughs) in the way that i would imagine i would talk to myself if i was alone (laughs) in a skyscraper with 10 terrorists and all i had was a, a pistol and i i think it really makes him a human and also like a super cop at the same time uh yeah i think and the side characters are great the one-liners are amazing i like when alan rickman falls out of the building and the the the, the deputy chief just goes oh i hope that's not a hostage <laughs> <laughs> this movie's this movie's amazing steve mm-hmm. what do you think yeah uh, yeah this is one of the greats uh i mean it's so well cast like i mean besides bruce willis I, this is the first time we see alan rickman in in, in film really uh paul gleason bonnie bedelia uh hart bachner i mean this cast is so awesome and and i think largely you forget about that because john mcclain is such a big character and really the template for many 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 action heroes to come just as this was kind of the template of many action movies uh it's it's special every time you watch it i've lost count of how many times i've seen it i've all it's blurred the line of like i don't even remember when the first time i saw it was like it's just like it feels like it's always been around yeah it's (laughs) it's so good one of the uh comments that i saw was if you because people are watching it this time of year if you watch Mm -hmm. love actually first and then immediately watch die hard after you get to see alan rickman's humble beginnings as a stay-at-home uh husband and then the, the tragedy of his uh Spoiler alert for Love Actually. The tragedy of his uh, marriage fallout leads, of course, to to uh, what happens in Die Hard. <laughs> Good stuff. This is the Shift Podcast.
Are you okay with substitute teachers? Oh my God, yes. When I was a kid, if I saw a substitute walk into the class, it was like, this is going to be a nice day. Oh, dude, you knew right away. You're like, it (laughs) is is on. on. This is going down. And then right away, you're like looking at your buddy and you're like, you say you're Scott and I'll say I'm Ryan. (laughs) I'm totally going to psych her out. This is going to be great. And then when you're in high school, I remember like walking down the hall, walking into my socials class, look up, notice there's a teacher, a substitute teacher there. And I go, oh my gosh. I'm in the wrong class and then, oh, and then leave. Play, that was like a, sir. that was like a running gag, right? At my high school. If there's a sub there and probably every high school in Canada, if there's a sub for that block, you're skipping class, right? They don't care. They don't care I mean, about enfo- I, enforcing it. I don't know. The best substitute teacher I ever had was in high school. I wish I could remember his name, but he just came in and had the best lineup of puns I've ever ever experienced in my life okay it was was amazing and uh like my best friend is a full-on teacher now and it's so weird when he's like yeah i got a day off i got a sub to cover me i'm like oh what yeah adult yeah now adults i mean it's it's very much and i don't i'm not trying to take anything away from teachers they deserve lawyer salaries like teachers are the best i have teachers in my family Uh, my mother is a kindergarten teacher they're the best but subbing it's like it's like adult babysitting right (laughs) it's kind of like hey you you know you don't you don't have to do a whole bunch of marking you just kind of make sure these kids show up stay in their desks don't burn the place Follow down, the plan. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. And then this is also a trick I know from all the substitute teachers in my family. If things kind of get a little out of control, you just play silent ball. You guys ever play silent ball? It's the best game. Silent ball. So that was the thing where I grew up in Abbotsford. Everybody sits on their desk and then you have like a soccer ball or a football. It doesn't matter what kind of ball. And the ball gets passed around the room. And, you know, like I would look at, you know, you, Ryan, and we would nod at each other. And then I throw the ball to you. Then you look at Sheldon and throw the ball to him. And then he throws it to the next person and wherever. But if you don't catch it, you're out. And if you talk, you're out. Thus the name, Silent Ball. Your substitute teacher, you need some peace and quiet. All right, we're going to play Silent Ball for the last half hour. Go to it, friends. Nice. Interesting. Okay. I've never had anything like that. but Really? I'm glad you have such experience and passion. For yeah. how to make the most out of a substitute teacher. Oh, yeah, buddy. It's very, it's oh, yeah. Yeah, most subs are pretty chill, but this sub brought some toxic energy into the classroom this week, quite literally. The Texas high school substitute teacher was asked to leave early in the school day Friday after he was recorded by students singing with a karaoke machine. According to, according to KXAN News, Austin Independent School District representative said the teacher was asked af- to leave after the first period because he wasn't following their best practices. Contrary to rumors, AISD said the teacher was a registered substitute and was placed on campus to cover a class. They received a tip that, te- that the teacher, who has not been identified, just walked into the classroom posing as the substitute and was later arrested which prompted us to ask AISD about it. The teacher was not arrested, they say. They confirmed the teacher brought a karaoke machine to the class and said the teacher didn't have a formal badge but was checked in through the front office. 
through the visitor system, and that does include a background check. Now we have some special but very cringy treats for you, the actual audio of the teacher singing Britney Spears. Uh, there's 20 more seconds of this. What is he doing? <laughs> Why would you do this? I'm, I'm actually okay with that. No, it's not bad. It's he's pretty good. But yeah. Just, what was his plan? I think I'm it's. I think it's like. Class. Yeah. I'm gonna wow them. This is my moment to. I'm wondering if like he thought that there was like a, a child star in the classroom is like. He's going to tell his dad yeah. about me, and then I'm going to make it big. Or he's, like, massively out of touch and is like, oh, this is what the kids listen to. This is what <laughs> the kids Britney. think is cool, <laughs> right? Free Britney. Yeah, absolutely. Or I'm just kind of with the idea that it's a, a, an unexpected way to, like, catch everyone off guard, right? To catch everyone off guard, yep. and then you kind of just like have them in this moment of vulnerability where they're like, what is happening here? <laughs> I love the silence in the room. Like, there's not a bunch of people laughing. They have no idea what to do, which I would also have no idea how to handle that. That is one of the moments where I would take my phone out. I also love that in the video, he's just sitting at the desk and the karaoke machine's on, the lights are off, and it's just the lights from the karaoke machine <laughs> and flashing. He's, he's sitting? He's, he's sitting, sitting instead of standing? As relaxed as I'm sitting right now, he's just singing <laughs> toxic. How how are you guys with karaoke? Do you like to go to karaoke? I, I love, love karaoke. Yeah, I've been trying to do it more lately, and it is so... It is my favorite place to people watch. The yeah. strangest things happen. Yeah, yeah. It It is good. It is, it's fun like once a year. Like once a year I can get into it. But my father-in-law, my wife's dad, like he lives for it, you guys. He lives... Mm. I'm not even kidding you. At their old house before they used to live in Calgary, they had a room for, with a separate TV, a big screen TV just for karaoke, wow. just for karaoke. And like that. we'd be hanging out at their house. We had our engagement party at their house and stuff. Everybody's hanging out. And he's like, so who wants to sing karaoke? And nobody bites, right? And nobody Aww. wants to go and sing. And because we're just mingling and stuff. People want to visit and, sit, you know, that type of thing. And, but he's just so persistent and he keeps going, keeps going. Soon there's one person down there, soon two, then four. And next thing you know, the entire party is down there singing karaoke for hours. But here's the worst thing about it. He's, he's a very, very good singer. He sings in their church and stuff. So he's the oh. guy that's like, who wants to go to karaoke? And then gets up on stage up. and actually, like, you know, when you go to the karaoke bar and that's where the girl is like trying to get discovered, you know? He's, he's one of those. I love him to bits. He's a fantastically good singer. But you can't go on after him, right? Because he kills the number, and then you try to get up there and sing, I don't know, Living on a Prayer, and it just sounds awful, even if you're good, because he's so good. I love you, Dad. All right, are you okay? Are you okay with chicken wings? Oh, man. I mean, of course. Who's not? When I was 18 years old, like, the only reason I would ever leave my house was to go to the bar and 
for wing night. Yeah. It's just, just trying to hunt this across the city for the best chicken wings is like an amazing event in of itself. Just give me some honey garlic with ranch dip and I am a, Oh, okay. So, okay. So you do the honey garlic. I am a uh, dry salt and pepper guy. Dry, okay. I, I salt, think salt and pepper is the only one I've ever eaten. Yeah. I don't think I've even ventured outside yeah. of the salt and pepper. Yeah. Yeah. And there, here's what I don't like getting my fingers all gooey. You know? That's the best part. No. You gotta get all saucy. No, I'm no. So sorry. Doesn't do it for me. And uh, there's a place actually here in Vancouver that we go that has like a lemon pepper, lemon pepper wings. So good. And actually, that reminds me, I've been meaning to ask you, Ryan, because only one other person in my life has ever been into this. And this is gonna be super inside joke, and I apologize for it. D- did you watch Atlanta? Lemon pepper. I've never oh. watched it, but I know I know oh. everything about the lemon pepper wing. The lemon yes. pepper wet. Lemon pepper everything. wet. You got yeah. seriously, man. Like knowing you, like I know you now. You got Sheldon. Did you watch Gotta Atlanta? Watch. No, not Sheldon. A, no, did See, not happen. Only one other person, but like you're very much like him. You got to watch. There's wings. There's a wing joke in Atlanta. You got to watch it. Nobody's watched it. It's like the greatest, the greatest show ever. Okay, moving on. We all love wings. Don't we? Even if you don't love chicken, cauliflower wings can be tasty too. Wings are a go-to at the bar, game day, whenever, right? Whenever. Except maybe when you're driving. Police in Gravenhurst, Ontario caught a man doing just that on Tuesday. According to Barry Today, police responded to a call for a motor vehicle that failed to remain after colliding with a vehicle on Muskoka Road. When police arrived, the male driver was behind the wheel finishing his chicken wings. Or as this parody of celebrity chef Guy Fieri would say, Oh my God, is that a chicken wing? Oh, there's nothing I love more than slurping up some bird bones. (laughs) The man was allegedly unaware of the collision. Police arrested and charged 67-year-old William Newlove of Muskoka Lakes with impaired operation and fail to report accident. He'll appear in court on January 4th. No word on the flavor of his wings. At least he wasn't asleep at the wheel like these Tesla drivers caught by NBC News. On I-90 near Boston, alarming video that state police say shows extremely dangerous behavior. A man and woman both apparently asleep in the front seat as their Tesla seems to keep driving, presumably in autopilot mode. Dakota Randall says the car was doing 55 miles per hour. I did a double take, looked over, and sure enough, this guy was just head between his legs, completely asleep. It's happened before. In June, this driver was asleep at the wheel of a Tesla on the 405 in Los Angeles. Call me crazy. I have a bigger issue with the person eating the wings than the person asleep behind the wheel of a Tesla. I trust the car. I just do. Well, okay. I I see where you're coming from. I do. But... This guy was so out of like he didn't pay attention to the fact that he got in a car accident and then made the conscious decision to stop and eat some chicken. Why wouldn't you pull over? Well, this is like with the Tesla. It's like you're there. The car will drive itself. But like there have been crashes. You should and you can't be asleep by the wheel. man. No, I know. I know. And like they're both bad, right? They're both bad. But yes. being the, the sleeping in the Tesla thing, like th- this is as bad as it's going to get. It's only getting better from here. Like the self-driving car that you can sleep in on the way to work, like that's a coming and I am here for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. You know, so it's like the, the car, the car's not going to, you know, g- get into an accident because it uh, didn't want to get sticky fingers on the touch screen. 
You know, the car's just going to drive itself. As long as everything works okay, keep your hands on the wheel, you know, have a little nod off. I'm not recommending this, but I'm just saying the wing, they're both bad. Let's just, let's just leave it at that. They're both bad. And are you okay with typos? As listeners of The Shift, you get to hear many, many typos, usually accompanied by this sound. I don't have it. Oh. You? Uh, I, it's, it's Homer going, that's a typo. That's a typo. Ryan had nothing to do with this typo, though. Action News 6 has gathered more road sign typos, a misspelling of the word school on the crosswalk outside of Florida school in 2019 had people doing a double take. The H and the first O were swapped, creating the word skohole. Prior to its opening, the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino was trying to find its rhythm, or at least the correct spelling of rhythm. The word was misspelled as rhythm, as like them with an E on the end, and rhythm and treble switch on a 30-foot-tall replica guitar. An Action News viewer took a picture of the exit sign to Delaware Avenue in Wilmington and sent it to us because, well, duh, you might have noticed Delaware is missing one of its two A's. Well, Del Dot says it was made aware of the contractor's major mistake. The sign has been covered while the agency awaits the corrected version. I think they need a new contractor. Or a speak and spell, <laughs> Jess. Oh. Or a first grader. You know what that reminds me of? It's like, remember when Game of Thrones, when there was the Starbucks cup that they left on the yes. table? It's like that kind of thing. Like how many people looked at this before this went into play, right? But you know what? Anybody can make the mistake like that. Especially me. A lot. But, like, it's part of who you are, so I welcome it. Right? I'm just filling oh, yeah. in. Shane has the button on his thing for the it's a typo. Right? But I will say, Ryan, there hasn't been a whole lot of typos this week. I don't know if that's because you're just being uh, generous to me or... Mm, or I'm uh, trying hard. Yeah. And also, I'm 100% sure that Shane and Brendan hunt for them. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good to know. Uh, quick touchback on the self-driving vehicles. Trucker Dan says, are you crazy? Do you have any idea how many of these self so-called driving assist sensors fail as soon as the temperature drops below five degrees? And I'll be honest, I didn't know that. And if that's a thing, then absolutely we should be aware. And I speak from a position of ignorance, Never driven a self-driving car, never been in one, uh, don't know anything about the engineering and safety of them, but I really just love the idea of being able to sleep in my car as it drives me to and from places. Respect to all the professional drivers out there. This is The Shift Podcast. I'm joined right now by Dawn Schooler, who is Director of Clinical Services at Jericho Counseling. Thanks so much for joining us, Dawn. Really appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much for having me. We wanted to ask you about what's going on sort of in the world today. I mean, and it is a lot. We've been in this crazy state for almost two years. To some people, it probably feels like a lot longer. And it feels like right when we're about to come out of it, it's like, wham, new variant. And then wham, flooding and wham Christmas season and all of these things. And for me, I totally don't mind sharing this for the first time in the last couple of weeks, I actually felt 
maybe like panicked. I want to say more than worried. I was, I woke up and I have these two young kids and there's a supply chain issues and gas issues and all that. I, I just felt completely overwhelmed. And so my first thought is, am, am I panicking? Is this panic? So maybe let's start there. How do you tell if what you're feeling, because I, I'm sure everybody is worried to some degree, but when do you know like this is more serious and maybe I should talk to someone. Yeah, I, I think first of all, I, I like to validate for people because what we have been through as a as a collective, you know, humanity is extraordinary. It truly mm-hmm. is out of the ordinary. I think if you looked up how to torture someone, this this is it. You know, um, have something that's really scary. A lot of stuff is out of our control. Then it looks like it's getting better. Now it's scary again. Um, now more things are happening to us that are out of our control. Like this is set up to be almost like torture what's happening to us. So to have some emotional responses and ebb and flow and feel like sometimes I think I'm okay. And other times I need so much help. There's not enough out there. Right. Um, that's, that's kind of what I would expect from someone who's relatively healthy. Okay. Is, yeah, to be in and out of that, I'm okay. What? I'm not okay. That's what I expect right now. So just normalizing that. Okay, so if if that's normal, now I guess my next question that follows that immediately is, okay, so I just have to live with this? Is, is that kind of the best I can expect? Or are there kind of things that I can do to kind of mitigate these feelings? Yeah, I think there are things that we can all do to mitigate those feelings. Um, and the first, the, the first place I start is to be kind and compassionate mm. to yourself. Oh, to yourself. Okay. To yourself. Okay. Yeah. Can you News like, yeah. like elaborate on that? Because as soon, as soon as we hear, because there has been this whole narrative, right? Be kind, be calm, be safe. Yes. I immediately interpret that as, yep, it, it helps to go out and be nice to other people. And that makes everything flow smoother. And of course, like, of course it does, but it's definitely not the first place my brain goes is to be kind to myself. Right. And let's, let's invoke the, um, you know, anyone who's ever been on an airplane, what's the first thing they tell you, put your own oxygen mask on first. Mm. Why don't we apply kindness and compassion as the oxygen to ourselves? That if we can be kind and compassionate and accepting of ourselves, then we can be better equipped to take care of other people as well. What does that look like being kind to yourself? In some cases, I'm like, great, I'm going to take two weeks off work. I'm going to lay in bed and watch Netflix. Or, or does it mean I can get on a plane to Mexico? What, what, what does that look like? That, it all depends, really. Um, I, I think I have to uh, assess, assess what's going on around me um, and decide what would make a difference here. And some, for some of us, it's permission to do a 24-hour Netflix binge or it's permission to step away from work. It's permission to reach out and tell a friend, I know I kind of look okay most of the time. I'm not okay. Yeah. Uh, so it, it can vary depending on how I'm doing on a given day and uh, you know what my responsibilities are. Because what I don't want to do is, is take some medicine, if you will, that's going to make my problem worse. So mm-hmm. if I run away to Mexico for two weeks, 
and I get fired and I don't have a job right. and I can't care for my family. That's making it worse. So not the best medicine, probably. Okay. I have uh, two points there that I wanted yeah. to touch on. First, when you say medicine and, and then you talk about like, hey, going away to Mexico or doing these type of things. Actually, the first place my thought went or my, the first place my brain went, and again, totally don't mind missing this, is to go to the liquor cabinet. Sure. And, and, you know, and one of your questions earlier too, Scott was, you know, what, when do we know that we we need some help? And, and so I go back to an old uh, adage that I've used for years that I stole from a professor who was brilliant. Um, And he says, you know what, if it's some darn thing every day, that's life, carry on, you're probably doing okay. If it's the same darn thing every day, Mm -hmm. that's probably time to reach out and ask for some help. So if you're going to the liquor cabinet for a a glass of wine or a cocktail, maybe once a day and it's not at breakfast, you're probably okay. Okay. If it's kind of every day and you need more than one, it's two or three. And if you went a day without, you just lose, you know, all perspective, probably time to reach out and get some help. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. And then the other word that you used uh, that also really, you know, struck a nerve with me is you say, give ourselves permission to do these things. Give ourselves permission to call a friend, give ourselves permission to just take a mental health day. We hear that term all the time. Why is that so hard to do? Like, why do we have to go out of our way to make ourselves feel okay about that when it's clearly so some, something that so many of us need? I come back to humans are meaning makers. We, we tell stories, we create narratives to help us make sense of our world. Most of us are trained from early on that, you know, a good enough man, a good enough boy, a good enough girl, a good enough woman, a mom, a dad, a grandparent, an employee. There's a narrative that goes with that. And we have to question that a little bit and go, well, if I'm going to basically hurt myself in order to be good enough of whatever that narrative is, that can't possibly be a very good idea. Mm-hmm. And to question that a little bit, and then also maybe create a new narrative that might say, you know, I'm important enough to take an afternoon off and play with my kids. That's the yeah. best medicine of all. Okay. So I, I think I understand that, but it just, it feels so ingrained. And I also, I guess I feel conflicted. So, and quick sidebar, I've done a ton of uh, personal therapy. So I'm kind I'm kind of versed in some of these ideas, yeah. but I'm, I'm not a professional or anything like that. But um, what's, I think what's difficult for me is so many of those things in one, if I'm thinking one way, it's possible to see them as uh, points of pride in my life. I take pride in the fact that I'm a hard worker. I take pride in the fact that, you know, I never quit uh, all of these type of things. So it's almost like um, uh, counter to my, to think not just to the way that I'm programmed, but to things that I actually uh, want to believe in. So finding that I'm having an incredible time or I have had in the past, had an incredible time, incredibly difficult time finding a balance between those things. Well, and I think I come back to um, if it's the same thing over and over again, I, it may not be right. Um, so think I'm going to work really hard today. Awesome. Maybe Monday to Friday, maybe not every day for three months. Mm-hmm. Um and, and so it is wired right into us. And, and we can't rely on our brain, actually, to give us the right messages. Hmm. 
our brain is built to, to help us survive. And so it wants to send out messages of, are you sure this could be bad? What could possibly go wrong? A lot. Our brain is built to do that, to keep us alive. Our mind, however, allows us to consciously create the messages that might be more helpful in those moments. Right. So it's kind of like the brain is this uh, safety net, right? It's trying to just, Hey, there's a dinosaur coming. You better, you better run, you know, but then uh, we're intelligent enough beings to try to uh, analyze that situation and see if we can make it work to our benefit and all that type of stuff, man, life is hard, isn't it? (laughs) Like It is. And and I think we need to, and that we come back to that compassion. We think, oh, what's wrong with me? I should be able to. And if, if we're hearing should, 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 um, uh, Dr. David Burns calls that shoulding all over ourselves. Mm. We should not do that all the time. We need to give ourselves a break. Yeah. And actually, I think that was sort of when I first recognized that I needed to, to talk to somebody was on paper or if I just kind of lay it out logistically or logically, I mean... My life is wonderful. I'm married to a wonderful woman. I've got a job that I love. All the bills are paid. I I have a few hobbies. Kids are healthy, all of that stuff. So why do I feel this way? Yes. And and that question of why it it comes up, it's a a risky one to ask. (laughs) Uh, and, And I want people to move as quickly as possible to what Mm. can I do that will make me feel better? Mm-hmm. And get me closer to those important goals, which are what relationships, mm-hmm. you know, connection with others, connection with self, right? All those reminders. Because even now, that that why do I feel like this? Well, it's so obvious. I mean, look at the state of of the world. Yeah. So okay, if we if we go back to that, to sort of Omicron and you know COVID and kind of where we are right now. It kind of feels like this cycle is never ending. And one of the things that I have uh, gave me a lot of hope was, you know, after 10, 12 sessions with a with a psychologist, I did start to feel a lot better. But that, you know, that was over a course of like three or four months. And here we are uh, going on two years of this type of thing. Like, is this is this a moment now or is this and I know none of us kind of know what the end is, but is this a moment or is this going to be long term? How can I adjust my thinking and my, you know, sort of my way of life long term? Because it kind of feels like we're in this. Well, um, there was an article in the New York Times a few months ago now where they nailed it uh, in terms of we all sort of expected this would be a moment in time mm-hmm. when, it, when it began, this pandemic. And we now realize it's really going to be an era. Mm. It's, we are likely to be in this for a number of years now. So then we get to the next piece where we really need to, to um, be aware of our mindset how we go into this, okay. the stories we tell ourselves, and then set and manage our expectations around day to day. Because if we're, you know, if we're too rigid about something, I should this, why isn't that? Um, I must do everything at this way uh, all the time. Um, if, I, if I'm too rigid, life is hard. If I'm too flexible, um, oh, nothing matters. La la la. I, uh, I don't have to work hard. I don't have to collect enough firewood for the winter. I'm not going to be okay either. So it's finding that sweet spot of enough sort of structure 
or rigidity in my world so that I'm going to be okay, but enough flex so I can adapt. No matter what COVID throws at us in the next six, 12 months, 18 months, two years, if we adapt and go, oh, of course, I can do this. That's really what is going to change, uh, make the difference, I think, in how we do during this time. Okay. How we set our minds and then manage our expectations. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. So as a parent, um, obviously my kids are my first priority and, you know, yeah. they're young enough that they don't really get it. You know, my daughter's in kindergarten, the ma- she's yeah. never known anything other than wearing a mask right. to kindergarten. I think it's harder for me than it right. is for her, but I want to be uh, present for my kids a hundred percent of the time, yeah. but sometimes I find myself, you know, we'll be at the playground or whatever. And my mind is just not there. I'm just yeah. somewhere, somewhere else because of, you know, concern and worry and stuff. Is there something that we can do even in a, in a moment like that, even something physical that we can do that just can kind of snap us out of it or, or bring us back to that, that present place where we want to be? Yeah, again, I think having um, compassion for ourselves that we can't be there 100% mm, okay. of the time. See, my we expectation can't. is just so yeah. wired, right? You right. can see it. Yeah, I, wa- right? I want it like this. Yeah. Right. So there's that step one. And then step two, I think for each of us, it's a little bit different. Um, and, and I like to coach people to practice when they don't need the skill. Yeah. So we don't learn how to do a great corner kick when we're in the World Cup uh, semifinals. Mm. We learn how to do a great corner kick when we're just hanging on the field by ourselves. Number 12, you know, corner kick, corner kick, corner kick. No one's watching. It's not a big deal. So practice bringing yourself back to the moment when it's when it's not very important. It Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. It's kind of like doing a a bicep curl for your brain. yes, Yes. Yes. So each of us will have a different um, way that we do that. Some of us, it could be a a bit of a mantra is like, ah, here and now is where I want to be. Here and now is where I want to be. Others of us, we may have a a bit of an amulet, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a special piece of jewelry that we wear all the time or a bracelet or something we carry around our, our necks. And we go and we just touch it. And we're like, oh, here we are. Others of us, it can be our, our child's giggle. Or, ah, yeah. or squeal and it just brings us back to the present so i think practicing finding those and then and then practice coming back with them all the time to the present moment awesome well this has been really fantastic don i really appreciate the time and more than anything even just speaking with you has made me feel more okay with being kind to myself that's a huge takeaway for me and hopefully for the listeners as well that idea that uh you know that same compassion that we want to put out into the world start with yourself and that's a big a big first step absolutely again own oxygen mask think of kindness and compassion as the most important oxygen right now for all of us don schooler director of clinical services at jericho counseling in vancouver thanks so much for being with us don thank you so much for having me Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.